0: All right. So um, let's uh, I want to say a few things about this Colin Kaepernick situation. As uh, as you as you know, I'm sure Colin Kaepernick is the new face of Nike and their believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything campaign. Very inspiring, very inspiring stuff. Wait, that is the tagline, right? Yeah, believe in something. Yeah, that's the tagline. Um, the The new commercial was unveiled. Uh, I believe it officially debuts today, as a matter of fact. but. Um, there was a sneak peek, a sneak peek of the commercial came out yesterday. And um, it, it, so the commercial is is Kaepernick narrating over images of various athletes doing, doing legitimately courageous things. Like there's one, uh, there's a, an athlete who's overcame a brain tumor, another who became a wrestler, even though he doesn't have legs. Um, and then the camera cuts back to Colin Kaepernick. And Kaepernick is actually smothering a bald eagle with a burning American flag. And so that was a little bit provocative, uh, but not surprised. No, actually, Kaepernick, uh, he just says a bunch of generically inspiring cliches about following your dreams and so forth. And then the the last line of the commercial, um, it was uh, the last line of the commercial is, so don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. Which is one of those lines that, I mean, I guess it sounds inspiring. It doesn't mean anything. Ask if your dreams are crazy enough. Like that's, that's supposed to be your driving, the, the, the philosophy that drives your, your life. It's like, no, that dream's not crazy enough. No, I need crazier dreams. Yeah. Is that what you would tell your kids? If your kid says to you, yeah, I want, I want to be a doctor. No, it's not crazy enough. I, you need to come back here with crazier dreams. Okay. I want really crazy dreams. Um, okay. I want to fly to Mars. There you go. That should be your goal flying to Mars. Now that's a crazy dream. Go chase it. Um, anyway, it's all pretty, pretty innocuous. The, The commercial is innocuous. And in fact, I find Kaepernick himself to be in general, a pretty innocuous character. I I'm just not, I am not naturally filled with the kind of blind rage about Colin Kaepernick that a lot of other conservatives seem to be filled with. I never have been. I, I I haven't been able to generate the anger, especially the sustained anger that um, so many conservatives have about Colin Kaepernick. Three years later, they're so still so angry at this guy. I, I, I couldn't... I I mean, listen, and that tells you something, because if I'm not able to stay angry at, about Colin Kaepernick, I don't know how anyone else can, um, because usually staying angry, it's one of the skills that I have... I, I do think it's it's kind of amazing that we're still talking about this three years later. And it seems to be um, it's part of this trend that I pointed out before, where both sides of the political divide, they seem to kind of pick out stars, the stars and the spokesman for the other side. So um, the right made stars out of David Hogg. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Colin Kaepernick. um, And then the left made a president out of Donald Trump. And they both accomplished that for the other side by being utterly, completely obsessed with these people. Like conservatives are obsessed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I I mean, easily 90% of the coverage that I see and read about this woman comes from conservatives. The same thing with David Hogg. And it's definitely the same thing with Colin Kaepernick, I mean, the conservatives are obsessed with these people. They can't, they just can't give them, get them out of their head. And uh, the same thing on the other end happened, and, and it's happened with other things with leftists. But obviously, the biggest example is Donald Trump. Donald Trump came on the scene, and liberals just obsessed with a guy. Liberal media obsessed with him, and he became president. Um, which I think is an interesting phenomenon, and uh, maybe not a good strategy. Maybe a better strategy, like if you're on the right. And there's somebody on the left who you think is really stupid, ridiculous, shallow, inconsequential, irrelevant—all of these things. Maybe the best thing is to treat them that way, and to ignore them, and then you'll you'll stop hearing about them. Maybe that maybe that would be the best strategy. Um, Certainly, with Colin Kaepernick, if conservatives had just ignored for the most part, this, you know, his, his, uh, his protest of the national anthem, if they had just, I mean, you know, maybe not completely ignore it, but when it first had happened, when it first happened, if they had said, well, that I disagree with that. It's silly. It's stupid. It's disrespectful. Make your point and then move on. And if the guy decides he wants to sit for the rest of the season, whatever it's, if he wants to do that, it's just one guy. Right. And for so long with the with the National Anthem protest, it was only it was Colin Kaepernick. It was a few other guys. It was just a few guys doing it. It only became this huge, enormous thing. And even then, it was only that for a few weeks where you had a lot of players doing it. But that only happened after Donald Trump decided to purposefully resurrect the issue, which had basically died. And then heading into the 2017 season, he decided to, to bring it back up again. And that's when it turned into this big thing. And even then, it only lasted. It only, it, only, it only was like that for a couple of weeks. Um, if we had not done that, and we had just treated the protest as the silly, childish thing that it was, then it would have it died away in a few weeks. And here we'd be three years later. Nobody would be talking about Colin Kaepernick. No one would even remember him. And, uh, and everyone will be better off. I think as for the boycott of, um, of Nike, which is going on right now, you know, to me, the, the, I'm not a big fan of our boycott culture and this Nike boycott seems to kind of perfectly encapsulate the shallow virtue signaling character of our boycott culture. And that isn't, now. isn't, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of really legitimate good reasons to boycott Nike. Let's start with the fact, let's start with the, well, let's start with the, with the. here's the reason why I have always boycotted them, or have mostly boycotted them. I don't have, like if I wanted to burn my, my, my Nike merchandise, which I wouldn't do anyway because that's completely stupid um, and wasteful. And if you don't want to have your Nike merchandise anymore, then what you could do is give it to a person who's poor and needs some clothing. Rather than burning your one hundred dollars shoes, maybe give them to someone. I mean, you could go to pretty much any city and find a homeless person on the street who doesn't have shoes. Maybe give him the shoes. Just a thought. Um, anyway, I don't really have any Nike merchandise to to burn, and the reason for that, I'll admit, it's it, it's because that stuff it's it's ridiculously expensive. Like, I'm not gonna pay a premium to have a little check mark on my shoes. I'm just not gonna pay that, right? I could go. I mean, there's really unless you're an athlete. There's no reason to to spend more than 30 or 40 bucks on a pair of sneakers. Uh, If you're going and spending $120 on on sneakers because they have a check mark on them, I think that's pretty ridiculous. So I was boycotting them for that reason. Uh, It's more of a kind of practical utilitarian reason. Another good reason to boycott them is that they've used sweatshops. Um, They have manufactured this ridiculously overpriced merchandise on the backs of child slaves. It's a pretty good reason not to purchase from them. And that problem has not completely gone away. Um, There's there a report recently last year that the company's workers in some countries still are dealing with um, the denial of wages, sweltering heat, well over 90 degrees in the factories, um, unsafe conditions, physical abuse, and other problems as well. So that, that's a, a very sound basis for a boycott. Anytime a, con- a company is doing something, that actually hurts people, they deserve to be boycotted, right? Yet knowing about Nike's history with sweatshops, and I I look, I, I'm sorry, I don't buy. I know there I made this point a few days ago, and some people said, Well, I didn't know that Nike had a history of sweatshops. Come on. So it's, it's been common knowledge for decades. You really didn't know that? I, I find that hard to believe. I think most of us. Understood that it had that history. We also understand that Nike sells its merchandise, um, you know, has an unjustifiably high price for its merchandise. Yet, knowing all that, the current boycotters, if they really are boycotters, that is people who have been consistent customers of Nike and now no longer will be, that's what a boycott is. If you're boycotting Nike, but you're like me and you never really bought Nike anyway, well, that's not a boycott. You're, you're just continuing along with what you were already doing. Right, but if they really are boycotters, then that means that the boycotters gave their support to Nike in spite of the sweatshop problem, in spite of the of the fact that the stuff is ridiculously high priced, still gave their um, support to Nike, and now have only exploded in fury and sworn off the company because they saw a marketing poster they didn't like. You know, that would seem to raise a question about whether the boycott is really a campaign for seeking justice, or if it's just another you know virtue signaling kind of mob to join just another thing to do uh, another outrage to be a part of which 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 I think are, with so many boycotts that's really what it's all about i don't think it's necessary or wise to boycott every company that fails to perfectly represent our political and ideological views um i don't think we need to do that i think we should boycott companies who do harmful things and evil things. Companies like that should be boycotted. You could make a solid argument that Nike falls into that category, but you could have made that argument for the last like 30 years. And if you never made that argument before, and now you're suddenly making it, I think it's a fair question to ask why. What changed? All that said, I'll tell you what does annoy me about um, the Nike campaign and in general, the reception that Kaepernick has gotten on the left. So I've already told you what annoys me about how the right has approached Kaepernick. So let me, let me go over to the left now. What annoys me the most um, is the cheapening of heroism. This attempt to make Kaepernick into some kind of heroic figure, uh, some kind of martyr, I mean, it's it's ridiculous because he isn't that. We're told now Nike's telling us he sacrificed everything, right? Sacrificed everything, which is quite a statement. And if you're telling me he sacrificed everything, then I we know he didn't sacrifice everything, so that's at least hyperbole. But if if you're telling me that, then I should be able to look at least one thing that he did sacrifice. He didn't sacrifice everything, did he? At least sacrifice something. I don't think he did. I mean, let's let's look at this for a moment. He was a quarterback um, who was, you know, had been on the uh, on the decline in his career. Although his most, re, you know, the, the last season he played in the league, there was a he, he went, uh, there was a little bit of an uptick in his production. But generally speaking, you know, Kaepernick, there was about half of one season where Kaepernick was getting all this hype as he was the next, he was the next big thing in the NFL. This this uh, transformational quarterback. And all of that just died off very quickly, and um, he hit his peak and plummeted. It, that was his trajectory. and kind of was at his peak, went to the Super Bowl, he lost, and it plummeted from there. Now um, he was at best a second string quarterback talent. Once he left San Francisco, after choosing to opt out of his contract, by the way. So he chose to opt out of his contract after the whole protest thing. Then uh, he he opted out of his contract. He decided to be a free agent. Um, And then he didn't end up on any other teams. Now, if this protest had not happened, he probably would have ended up on some team, probably on the bench somewhere, or potentially vying for a starting job in like Buffalo or Cleveland or something like that. And he would have maybe gotten three or four years out of his career that way uh, in mediocrity, you know, either in maybe three, four or five years of riding the bench or of kind of being on the quarterback carousel in one of these markets like Buffalo or Cleveland. And then he would have retired and, and, uh, he would have been basically, basically forgotten instead. So that, that, that was the trajectory that he sacrificed instead though, he does this protest. And now it's true that um, almost certainly part of the reason why he couldn't find another job in the NFL was because of the protest. He's not He was not a top 10 quarterback talent, but he was at least a top 30 or 35 talent, which means that all things being equal, he would have found a job somewhere on a roster somewhere. But all things were not equal because teams are just not willing to take on the distraction, the attention, the hysteria for the sake of a second-string quarterback. I mean, if if you're going to... As as an athlete, if you're going to bring all of that hysteria to a team, you better have enough talent to compensate. You got to have a lot of talent. You you have to be an absolute star to compensate for that. And he's just not that. He doesn't have an, he didn't have enough talent to compensate for the distraction that he would bring. So, um, teams passed on him logically, which is it's not the first example of that happening. The same thing happened to Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, who never, I mean, although there were people who were offended by Tim Tebow for some ridiculous reason, there there was never any reason to be offended by the guy. Yeah, Tim Tebow liked to kneel also, but he didn't kneel during the anthem, you know, kneel on the sideline uh, or celebrating a a, a touchdown or something like that. Tim Tebow's big, big sin was that he was a devout Christian and he was known for his Christian faith. Um, But the bigger problem for teams with Tim Tebow is just that he... You know, he became this, this star who kind of transcended the sport itself and people loved him for reasons that had very little to do with, with football. So he just had a ton of attention on him. Um, Yet he didn't have the talent to necessarily be a starting quarterback in the NFL consistently. So teams said to themselves, well, we're not, you know, we're going to bring this guy in, put him on the bench. And then we're going to have all this attention on this one guy who's sitting on the bench and it's just a distraction. So teams said, you know, we don't, we don't want that. And um, so that's why Tebow had trouble finding other jobs in, in the NFL. There are plenty of examples that Des Bryan is a, you know, um, was one of the, one of the best wide receivers in the game. He's on the decline right now uh, from, you know, after, after leaving the Cowboys, he still hasn't found a job on, on another, on another team because of all the, because, now, he's very different from team Tim Tebow, but he's a divisive kind of diva-like character. And, um, and there's a lot of just distraction. It's just a distraction. And teams are not willing. They don't want to have that distraction on their roster, especially for a guy who can't compensate for the distraction by being an all-star talent. So that's, um, that's what happened at Kaepernick. And in fact, there were reports that there were a couple, of, at least one team that was looking at Kaepernick as being possibly a second string quarterback. He turned down that offer. He also turned down offers to play for the, uh, the CFL, the Canadian Football League. So this is not someone who's desperate to go and play football somewhere. Comparing again to Tim Tebow, who he tried desperately to get on NFL, NFL roster and stay on one. He couldn't. And so then he goes and he plays baseball. I mean, this is a guy that just wants to play a sport. He just wants to play ball. This is really what he wants to do. And so he'll, he'll, he'll take any opportunity he can get. Kaepernick has not done that. It seems like Kaepernick is, not, is just not a ball player. He's not interested in playing ball. He's more interested in, um, in being a kind of, uh, you know, being this savior figure that he has turned himself into. So he chose to sacrifice three or four years of bench warming or possibly starting for um, some mid market team. And in exchange, he has international fame, accolades from the media, a lucrative sponsorship deal, and other things. And that's a heck of a, of a nice trade, I would say. I mean, I would take that trade, wouldn't you? And that's why this isn't martyrdom, okay? This isn't heroism. Kaepernick is neither a hero nor some sort of great historic villain. He, he's just a guy who expressed his opinion and he was punished for it but he was also massively rewarded for it and the reward i think way outweighs the punishment and so that's all but that's not that's not sacrifice and that's not heroism um that's a lot of different things it's it, it, i think among other things it's also a calculation on his part where he had to choose do i really want to try to stay in the league and and play football or do i want to go in and you know make and and do this and have this be my, my brand and build on that brand as the socially conscious, uh, you know, warrior for racial equality kind of thing. And he chose that that path. And it's paid off for him pretty well. It seems like our culture. You know, in our culture, we are just desperate for heroes. Um, we're desperate for people to look up to. And so we select guys like Colin Kaepernick. And on the other end, as part of this overall seeking of identity, we're also desperate for easy villains that we can hate. And so we also select guys like Colin Kaepernick. So I think that's where this comes from. That that's why, even though Colin Kaepernick is he's just some quarterback who was on his way into relative NFL obscurity, yet he kneels for the anthem a couple times. And he becomes this massive figure that we're talking about for three years. And why is that? It's just because it became this really, he became this really easy, unchallenging kind of mascot for both sides. So on one side, they were able to take him and turn him into some kind of hero. On the other side, they could turn him into a villain. And it's easy. It's unchallenging. And on both ends, it's just ridiculous because he's neither of those things. He's a guy with an opinion who made a decision and a calculation, paid off well for him. That's all. All right. And yet here I am talking about him as well. So I'm part of the problem. Never claim not to be. So thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed.